Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Here. <laughs> yep. I recently uh, started Cobra Kai, so we have that to discuss. Excellent. Excellent. I loved it. I was karate. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I actually didn't really uh, watch Karate Kid uh, uh, like until a few days ago. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up on this, I think it's called Three Ninjas. Yes, I'm familiar with Three Ninjas. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw the Three Ninjas trilogy. Did one of them take place at like a theme park, or am I getting that confused with um? Oh, what's it called? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, which I know has one of the movies took place at an amusement park, but I'm pretty sure a Three Ninjas movie also took place at an amusement park. I mean, I mean, it checks out. I do happen to have a Three Ninjas connection. My old boss, uh, my old boss at Six Flags in Maryland, Six Flags America, um, he is in the third Three Ninjas movie. <laughs> He, he, he fights him. He fights him. He's a stuntman in it. Oh, cool. He, he, gets, he gets his ass kicked by the titular three ninjas. So. Yeah. No, I, I grew up on that shit, not on Karate Kid. Yeah. The lesser of the. Yeah. The definitely, definitely the lesser of the child martial arts. Uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just watched Last Boy Scout for some fucking reason uh, for the first time. So, you know, a lot of things to talk about that aren't yeah. that thing. Well, you, Steve's here now. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Do you guys have your Paris Hilton shit to discuss? I just Ariel. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get to the thing. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to come up. The, 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 um... the thing we're not going to discuss. <laughs> Um, oh wait, we I saw a good joke. Mm. Geez, now the Supreme Court is root. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a one. That's one. It is yeah, one. So anyway, uh, so Ralph Macchio's career. I, I actually don't have anything for this. I just really like uh, my cousin Finny, and I did grow up on that. I did not grow up on Karate Kid, though. Yeah, uh, me either. It's a little. Older than me, but it was like yeah. well established. Uh, I, I just remember the tiny tree and the Orientalism. Well, yeah, Mr. Miyagi was like the best part of that movie, definitely. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah, having watched it again for the first time this past week because 
Red Letter Media did a thing on Cobra Kai, and then also there was a meme in the Mark Fisher group that referenced Cobra Kai, so I was already thinking about it. Uh, so then I just said, fuck it, so I pirated Karate Kid, uh, watched that, then watched uh, season one of Cobra Kai. Season all around, original uh, Karate Kid, all right. Mr. Miyagi is the best part of the movie. Uh, everything else is fine. Everything else is fine. Cobra yeah. Kai, good. Sort of, I guess, you know. You sort of don't like Ralph Macchio's you know, yeah, yeah. character. And- well, yeah, and, and it's like definitely a really good deconstruction of the 80s uh, bully trope allegory. Where it's sort of like, oh, yeah, if we look at this from the bully's standpoint, uh, actually, I could see how he'd think Ralph Macchio is kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Actually, Biff was a good dick. Yeah, <laughs> Biff was fine. Biff, Biff was Donald Trump. Biff was, in fact, directly based on Donald Trump, according to <laughs> the creators of that shit. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, and also, people who play Philidor are bitches, and that's what I gotta say about my week. Yeah, Philidor is the dumbest chess. Yeah, it's like, what are you, a coward? Are you a fucking coward playing a coward's opening? (laughs) (laughs) You should tell Phil to play the Philidor just for kicks. Yeah, I don't see why. I'm telling Phil right now to play the Philidor. He should study the Philidor position, which is different than the Philidor defense. Um, Everyone should study the Philidor position. It's one of the fundamentals of endgame theory. That's just just John Bartholomew 101, bitch. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. We're not talking about the thing. Uh, well, what we're going to well, do? Well, Marlo, Marlo just bullied us into establishing this. Is- we're going to talk about the thing, but I like to push. <laughs> and like to and push from his her, perspective, he's the good guy. Yeah, and push that off uh, as long as possible. Uh, so yeah, so we got me trying to salvage my terrible rating in Chess.com. Uh, my experiences watching Karate Kid and The Last Boy Scout for the first time, and also season one of Cobra Kai, and you guys discussing Paris Hilton. So, I don't know, take your fucking pick. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, I feel like we're... I feel like... People for a bit. I, I don't know, whatever. I feel like we're in one of those, uh, you know, we're calling in and it's giving us the menu and none of the answers apply to what we're looking for. It says, press one if you want to discuss Cobra Kai. Press two for Paris Hilton. All fun. Uh, all all fun options. <laughs> all great options. <laughs> well, uh, okay. This is like, this is like uh, I don't know. I like to think of this as uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, oh, that is what I wanted to discuss. Oh, oh wait, didn't we already discuss that? We did not discuss the new information yeah, that came yeah, out. Yeah, we did not discuss. Oh, there's Guns N' Roses relevant information? <laughs> yes, okay, yes, yes. I'm just yes. going to let you know, uh, Last Boy Scouts, Last Boy Scout did make me think of Guns N' Roses, so. How so? Uh, just the idea of my previous uh, thing of um, 
whatchamacallit, Guns N' Roses being kind of the capstone on the 80s hair metal thing and sort of the answer to the dialectic. Um, Mm. In the same way, Bruce Willis, especially his early movies, are that for 80s action movies. And, you know, you're familiar with that with Die Hard in the way that he just continuously gets the shit kicked out of him and, like, minor things that in previous, you know, the Schwarzenegger movies wouldn't even be mentioned, like the fact he doesn't have shoes and has to walk across glass becomes, like, a major scene and plot point throughout the movie. Um, Whereas uh, in The Last Boy Scout, it seems like he just is bored and doesn't care and just is sort of going through the motions where it's sort of even more so than Die Hard killing the 80s action movie where it's just like, yeah, I know this is happening. Yeah, who are the bad guys? Let's shoot at them, I guess. I don't know. This all sucks. Uh, see, now, I'm see. I'm thinking Last of the Boy Scouts is actually Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, have you ever seen The Last Boy Scout, Steven? No, I haven't. It's um fine. Uh, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like it's this. Yeah, it's sort of well. They have they have Lethal Weapon being played on a TV screen at one point, and it's clearly the they did Die Hard, and they're like, oh, that's the Bruce Willisification of. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Schwarzenegger, name your movie. Uh, and then this is uh, Willis and uh, Damon Wayans doing basically white black buddy movie. And it's sort of the Bruce Willification of Lethal Weapon. And they have Lethal Weapon on the TV at one point, uh, which is an obvious nod to that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's something, it, it exists. I'll, I'll say that much for it. Uh, and it made you think of boys, uh, of Guns Yeah, just because it's seriously, like, it's just so, everyone's so goddamn miserable in the movie. <laughs> um, and, and, like, it's like, there's no, like, Bruce Willis is a good guy, but no one cares and he doesn't care. He has these morals that he just sort of goes through the motions of and everyone around him kind of hates him, including his 13-year-old daughter and his wife and his best friend who was fucking his wife and then died and, like, just everyone like, no one likes each other in the movie and they're all just miserable and they all hate They seem like they hate being in the movie. Die Hard is the the appetite for destruction. Then uh, Last Boy Scout is that movie that is the album that um, the famous interview about phoning it in comes from. Uh, Mm -hmm. Which album is that? There's there's an interview with Axel. Is it? It's one of their last albums of the original fucking run. The Spaghetti Incident? That was a Motley Crue story, and I don't know it. No. The Spaghetti Incident, uh, I'll go into that later, but real quick, holding on that, this. uh, No, there's there's a famous interview with Axl Rose where he's sort of just nonchalantly discussing how he hasn't seen Slash in months, but they've been working on this album and they've just literally been like, 
calling each other and going like, oh, what if we do a riff that's like do 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 do? Is, is this use your illusion? Very well could be. There's because there's use your illusion and use your illusion two, which which uh, is it, the largest. Just like an album that no one wanted to make is my general fucking. It was a later album that they all fucking hated each other. Well, this was the end of the end of history album. That was the double album that broke up the band, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was probably that then. That's the that's what the last Boy Scout is. Let's say that I was talking about. <laughs> it's the user. Is the user illusion? Yeah, yeah. It's just like everyone, every character in the movie seems to be personally aware they're in an action movie, and they would rather not be. And also, the actors seem that way too. <laughs> and there's a certain charm to it. Well, you know what was on Use Your Illusion Two? Mm. November fucking rain. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And and well, this is what the news is: is that I believe Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Oh, did we not discuss this? I feel like no, not on this, the show. This came this came out oh, right okay. after we recorded. Oh, okay. I guess I just confused us for me listening to Chapo discuss. Yeah, Chapo discussed. Yeah, it, okay. Did a middling review of it. Yeah, I constantly confuse. Um, oh, right. We just. Oh, we coincidentally discussed November Rain prior to that happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's where I'm getting this left. All right, fair enough. Bunny, newsreel, bunny. <laughs> Newsreel bunny. Extra, extra. Um, extra. Yeah, well, I guess, again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, said that President Trump made her watch his favorite, and in his opinion, the best music video of all time, that of uh, November Rain. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's the greatest i mean this is where he's a hundred i mean it's it's yeah. you know uh, absolutely yeah what well, well i mean have again have you seen it you me yeah both yeah. of you yes the <laughs> wedding in the desert and blah 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 yeah like <laughs> yes <laughs> obviously i have um i mean I to get Okay, first of all, real quick, the official PCS stance is that uh, the uncut AFX Twin Window Licker is the greatest music video of all time. No, that, that is not the official. Matt, cut into individual look at your hair. Oh, girl, don't talk about my motherfucking hair. No, the <laughs> fuck you didn't talk about my hair. Bitch, you fuck you, girl. Hair. But anyway, yeah, no, that's the best music video of all time. But number two, eh. <laughs> Probably something by Spike Jones, but number seven is definitely uh, "Patience" by Guns N' Roses, <laughs> which is also like they got so many candles in that music video. Wait, okay, is "Patience" the swim with the dolphins? No, "Estranged" is "Swim with the Dolphins." I have no idea what song that is. When you're looking for yourself, but there's nobody home. Or, I, I, I don't know. I think you're going to have to sing the entire song. Water, yes. water. Yeah, do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, I, okay, so it goes Window Licker, uh, Private Eyes by Homer. <laughs> um, 
I like I like how you're speaking for us as a collective. Absolutely. We have not uh, previously <laughs> discussed our rankings of various music videos. But <laughs> oh, this is democratic centralism and this is the official party line. So this is the deep this is the North Korean system of ranking music videos. Yeah, well, okay. Are you going to tell me that Private Eyes by Hall & Oates doesn't fucking rock? Uh, that <laughs> fucking one by those guys, Rush, the one where they're flying and whatnot. That shit's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, like, probably some early 90s, like, Spike Jones bullshit. Ooh, that Bjork one where she's fucking a robot. That's cool. Uh, and anyway, eventually Guns N' Roses shows up. <laughs> See, I think the best music video is, uh, Some 41's In Too Deep. Oh, that one's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, because they're, like, jumping off the pool, and they're in the deep yep. end of the pool, and then the band comes up from the pool. In a, in a Guns N' Roses, wait, no, Iron Maiden t-shirt. <laughs> oh, shit, that... That was a great music video. That was an excellent music video. I would sit down Sarah Huckabee Sanders in front of that <laughs> any day. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, or, to go with the Chapo line, um, yeah, it was an era where the dumbest fucking people in the world were like, we're going to make a really deep movie. Mm-hmm. And it'll be four to seven minutes long. And that's what GNR did uh, with, oh, what the fuck was it anyway? Patience? Uh, this estrangement? I don't know. November okay, eight. so here it is. Here's the lore. All right, there was a, a, a trio of music videos that were strung together to make a short story written by some guy. And those three music videos were, one, Don't Cry, two, November Rain, mm. and three, Estrain. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. It, it was, this it, is why, that's why we use the expertise of someone from yeah, the early was, 2000s GNR forums. It was a trilogy of music videos to make up some weird story that I never read but always heard the lore about. Yeah, I I can discuss World Inferno Friendship Society lore, but I'd also have to look it up, and also I don't care. Now, when when did you see the video? I know on the chapel line, like they had they had different like theories about what happens at the end because the end is very weird. I don't know. I saw the video because I saw the video at some point. Because like one moment, I saw the video because I kind of like Guns N' Roses and I have access to YouTube. Then since well, okay, so at the end of it, one minute they're at the wedding, and the next minute the run rain came came down, and then. In the next scene, she's dead. Right. Yeah, man. It's so deep. And then Are actual... those plot points resolved in Estranged? Is she a dolphin? Did she get reincarnated <laughs> as a... Wait, no. Okay, so there's two lores we can go with with the theory that she's a dolphin. Number one, she was reincarnated as a dolphin, Buddhist style. Or number two, Brazilian folk mythology style, she was a dolphin the whole time. Are we not aware of Is, Are we talking about St- Stephanie Seymour? Yes, we're talking about that lady. That You mean Axl Rose's then-girlfriend, Stephanie Seymour. Stephanie Seymour. I also wanted to point out that November 8th is... Was she is, a sweet child is, of mine? 
Yes, she was also a sweet child. Wait, I think that was an earlier girlfriend. Uh, what were you uh, saying, Bunny? Uh, notably, November Rain is uh, one of, I think it was the most expensive music video ever made at the time it was made. Mm-hmm. And it is still one of the most expensive music videos. I mean, you had to have a helicopter to swoop in over uh, Slash as he's about to do the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the solo. solo. In the church. I mean, I think that's where all the money went to. Well, yeah, because... Is the helicopter. Uh, well, did a as little... we know from a friend of ours, you can drunkenly rent a helicopter and just charge it to your credit card and never pay it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's That's true. an option. People have done that. People we know have done that. My uh, November Rain story is that as a teenager, I called up my ex-girlfriend at 16 or 17 and had all nine sheets of paper for the sheet music of November Rain (laughs) and then played it for her over the phone. And she fell asleep midway through it. That's so fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, man. (laughs) That is... That is cues back with a boombox, but with times a thousand, man. <laughs> she, she told me later that it was the most boring thing she'd ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, first of all, you're playing it off the sheet music. Yeah. Well, you can't just memorize a nine-minute song. One, I, well, actually, Wait, what it. were you playing it on? <laughs> On my parents' piano. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I had piano. these. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, cause I was just thinking, like, oh, just like play the fucking chords. And then I was like, wait a second. Played this on piano, didn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the full thing. Introduction. Also, um, <laughs> did you sing, dude? Yeah, of course I sang it. Okay, cool. (laughs) Don't you you think that you need somebody? Don't you think that you need someone? That sucks, dude. Wow, Wow, that's cool as shit. (laughs) Yeah, that was was my uh, dating advice. If you have a girlfriend, um, I recommend that you do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And get your mom to drive you to, like, the arcade or whatever they did in Karate Kid. Oh, no. Or to a Guns N' Roses concert. Oh, yeah, and have Sebastian Bach be creepy to your girlfriend. Yeah, Sebastian Bach harassed me. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, you tell the story. Well, yeah, okay, so I was there at Guns N' Roses 2006... Hammerstein Ballroom. Considered three. Honestly, the apex of their touring days. Yeah, 2006 was the high point for Axl Rose. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a European young lady behind me. I was. Oh, okay. Never mind. I got that confused. I thought you were actually dating her. Nope. Oh, okay. Smashing Bob. No, weird I'm and creepy. <laughs> And uh, it was Live and Let Die. Also, Sebastian Bach was playing with them at the time. We aren't confusing names. He came on during My Michelle. Mm. And uh, he was in the VIP area. We were in the front row. 
And at the high point of Live and Let Die, um, the girl behind me started headbanging into my back. Nice. And acts and uh, Sebastian Bach goes, dude, you gotta fuck that chick. Like in his really high voice, and I was like, no, she's headbanging my back and ruining my experience here. So, <laughs> I you should have let me tell that story. Honestly, I would have told it better. But yeah, anyway, that's Steve's Sebastian Bach story. Yeah. He called me Uncle Axel. Because I have red hair. Oh, yeah, okay. I forgot that part. You know what I have never forgotten? That time Axel got those box braids. Oh, yeah. Uh, he still did. He had them in 2006 when I saw oh, him. Oh, awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's, why do you think we called it the... Why do you think I went to the concert? <laughs> yeah, he was fat and had ill-advised cornrows. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck else happened in the world. Um, what, in the whole world? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Emmys were tonight. Ooh. I heard they used a different format that people are liking. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess they're, it's happening all remotely. Like, people in mm. different places. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch, but I'm aware that Shit's Creek apparently won, like, everything. Oh, uh, okay. I've never watched it yet. People, I will never watch that show. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just won't. Um, yeah, fuck you, Gene Levy. I always confused him with Fred Willard, and now Fred Willard's dead, and I somehow blame Eugene Levy for that. Fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It worked in my brain. Yeah. <sighs> I have attempted to watch Shit's Creek, but it hasn't stuck yet. Mm. I've seen a couple episodes. But it is uh, about a wealthy family that essentially loses everything except this town they kind of bought as a joke <laughs> because it's called Shit's Creek. Anyway. Capitalism, am I right, guys? Yeah, so it's basically Arrested Development? Uh, I mean, is every show about rich people? That's a, No, that's a very... Spe- that, okay, having a show that's specifically... I remember reading an interview with the Arrested Development guy that they were making the show, Royal Tannenbaums dropped, and they thought to themselves... Oh, we can't make this show anymore because the, that's the exact same plot. So, like, no, it's a very particular plot. It's not just generally speaking a plot that, oh, this is a common archetype. The, the fallen from grace, formerly wealthy family that has to deal with not like losing a significant portion of their power is actually not incredibly common. So, yeah, I'm going to say they're just... Some would say it's a product of late capitalism. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, anyway, whatever. They stole it all from Arrested Development. Fuck that. Uh, fuck <laughs> Gene Levy and the horse he Speaking, he, speaking of... Re- <laughs> speaking of really rich people that have not fallen from grace but are trying, attempting to uh, revamp their image, this is Paris. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
This is Paris. Uh, the Paris Hilton documentary uh, dropped on YouTube. And uh, I, I watched it first, and I found it very compelling. Um, I am a... Uh, I was very invested in the celebrity gossip world in my late teens and into college, right? You? Yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I consumed a tremendous amount of that shit. Um, so, like, I, I remember the first time uh, Kim Kardashian was photographed with Paris Hilton. And it was, like, in Us Weekly. Uh, so, like, I don't know. Paris Hilton is a big part of kind of, like, my teendom, almost. Teendom into early <laughs> adolescence. But I was always a uh, a Paris Hilton hater. Uh, I did not like the persona she had, um on TV, but even though I did have an inkling that it was uh, something she was putting on, I disliked <laughs> that she did that. And I also uh, was really um, <laughs> anti-blondes, like, and, and, and she was very, like, she wore blue contact lenses at the time, and, like, um, I... I was very critical of that. Uh, but so I'm How, very versed in the sort of narrative that introduced a Paris Hilton to us. And uh, even before a, the simple life, the reality show, um, she was being written about on uh, page six here in New York. Yeah. And Central, page six persona. And um, I don't know, this, uh, watching this documentary is the first time I actually uh, really questioned um, the narratives that were applied to a, now I'm thinking about it, a literal teenage <laughs> person. <laughs> uh, so um, it, 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 it gave me a weird affection for Paris Hilton in this film. Though I, a sympathy? A no, I, I wouldn't even say a sympathy, an affection. Like, I found her, I found something about her endearing. Um, and then I found it very sad that she's in this, like, teeny tiny crystal palace prison in this very specific niche of capitalism where she's very unhappy. <laughs> Yeah, and she makes it very apparent she's unhappy. She's incredibly unhappy, and yet her thing that she's tethered to is this vague notion that she should make a billion dollars, and uh, yeah. and it's uh, and a billion dollars just having various product lines of kind of like vacuous bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think okay, why don't you just take a hundred, take however many hundreds of millions of dollars you can afford and just play roulette for a little bit. Well, that's the uh, thing is that these, I'm always a little bit fascinated with how... Or just get a decent enough financial advisor. I mean, you would think 
they'd be able. Uh, she has to she's have. She's fine. She's I mean, fine. No, she no has... I understand. She's just totally <laughs> wants to pursue a billion dollars because it's a billion dollars. She also that... thinks that when she makes a billion dollars, then she can relax. She'll be happy. Then she'll be happy, which is like the classic thing anybody tells you. Oh, my you. God. I just it's... am seriously thinking of the uh, Bare Naked Ladies song, If I Had a Million Dollars. Well, it was interesting because she her original goal was to make $100 million, and then she made the goal, and she wasn't too happy, so her next goal was to make a billion. And she kind of, uh, in that moment when she's describing that, she's like, yeah, because you always got to like set a new but... goal and whatever. And I'm interested in the way that these, like, children of Surely her family has a billion dollars, no? Like... It's not about her family having a billion dollars. Her brands brands have made a billion dollars. She wants to be evaluated as an individual, as someone who is worth a billion dollars. Surely her father could just give her the money. No, uh, like... Well, that was the other interesting part uh, of the film. If you had watched the documentary. No, I, I did yeah, not. Yeah, if you just fucking stop cutting me off about the shit Seriously. you didn't see. Fair, fair. I am, as an interested individual, asking questions. So, uh, it's, uh, anyway, yes, practically we know as real people, um, as opposed to the facsimile of personhood that wealthy people live, uh, we know that it's entirely possible for her to get her hands on a billion dollars if that was the, if it was just literally hovering a billion dollars in one place. <laughs> but yeah. she, you know, uh, thinks that it's not only that what's going to make her happy, it's, um, like carrying on some kind of legacy. Uh, but they do emphasize in the film that her father is like, what, the fourth child in this Hilton yeah, family? Yeah, the runt who didn't, who didn't get a lot of money when the okay. grandfather died. Yeah. So, when the real estate baron, whose name is Baron, because everyone's fucking children are named Baron if you make over a million dollars. Yeah. Her her sister annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, I mean, her sister uh, Nikki, who's married to a Rothschild, Rothschild yes, uh, who's the son of Baron. Yeah, she. Uh, oh yeah, she was very insufferable, uh, very sanctimonious towards Paris, and um, I mean, uh, not incorrectly, sort of implicitly rolling her eyes at Paris, talking about needing to make a billion dollars. And uh, but then uh, it seems Nikki Hilton has become a very traditional person. Uh, she thinks Paris should have a family, etc. So uh, she's procreated with the Rothschilds. <laughs> uh, and I forgot about Nikki Hilton. Nikki yeah. Hilton was a person for a while, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, they both uh, they were marketed together. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah, I remember they were that young, now. And then uh, Nikki kind of coasted around Paris, and then Nikki sort of very abruptly 
shut that off and just went to do like fucking businessy things. Oh man, that's <laughs> or whatever. Like Nick and Aaron Cannon, the dynamics. Cannon, Nick Cannon. You mean Nick Carter? I like the implied existence of a similar sibling for Nick Cannon. (laughs) Didn't Paris Hilton date Aaron Carter? Yes, he beat her. Yeah, he beat her. Yes, they didn't bring him into this. No, yeah, no, Aaron Carter is an insane person. Um, but yeah, they do, uh, they do touch on uh, that that Paris has had several boyfriends who've uh, abused her. Yeah. Um, um, and the point that was most interesting to me, um, I guess this gets into kind of a Mark Fisherian analysis, mm-hmm. is the amount of emphasis or um, like the the amount to which. Paris associates her drive to get a billion dollars with her trauma of being in solitary confinement at like a rich person's etiquette school. Well, I, uh, I emotional well-being school. Uh, these uh, resource schools or wilderness schools. Um, I actually know they're a thing. Yes, I know someone who was sent to those and they they are they are very traumatic it's 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 really awful and they were very popular in the 90s are we Um, talking about boot camp shit yes uh they're like like rich people concentration camps it's not just rich people uh obviously not impoverished people who can't afford it at all but it's it's definitely right. not it's, uh, it's definitely a uh, kind of uh there's a religious element to it mm-hmm. and that's the aspect of uh a wealthy family being conservative uh that makes them like fucking dipshits like they would send like they would send their daughter who would be considered an heiress to this kind of place. Uh, I know someone who went to that literal school. Like this is like the like nineties daytime. soap. my problem kid, we're going to send them to boot camp shit. So yeah. these schools kind of are, so, okay. The, there are several of these schools. They are often not run by like licensed, um, you know, Healthcare professionals. Oh yeah, no, they never and are. So what they, I'm of. Uh, they, uh, the one in particular, Provo Canyon. They. Um, Ooh, that sounds Mormon. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely got some underpinnings, I guess. But they are very into hardcore. Like they kidnap the kids from their beds right, right, and okay. and like. Um, et cetera. And for someone who's lived uh, an especially privileged life, um, this kind of trauma, I, I, it, it, it's going to affect anybody who experiences it, but she has experienced sort of no other hardship. So she sort of puts out. a disproportionate amount of, um, Maybe not disproportionate. I don't want to say that, but everything goes back to it now because she never really talked about it before. She it kind of just came up when she was making the. Film. I mean, a hundred percent from what I've read and heard about them, it's uh, it should be considered a crime against humanity. Like, 
But it, it does seem to... Like, I know like, a girl who was sent to one of those essentially for getting caught smoking pot. <laughs> and it uh, it definitely sent her down a, a similar kind of wild yeah. path when yeah. she returned. Um, and, yeah, uh, no, from, from what I've read, those are legitimately traumatic uh, things that should be ended forcibly. And it definitely encapsulates or it, it showcases this kind of Deleuzean schizophrenia of capitalism where she becomes these two characters almost, or at least she sees herself mm-hmm. as herself separate from the character she puts on a screen, which then fuels this brand, which is another, I guess, character or spirit of Paris Hilton. Um, Spe- Specters of Paris. A specter, Specters of Paris. That's the name of this episode. Um, <laughs> In the s- words of Ginsburg, I have seen the best minds of my generation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head. I, I have no idea what's going on that I would think of 1950s uh being Alan Ginsberg right now. But anyway, go on about Paris Hilton. Um, was it because he was put in into an, an insane asylum well, that was his visions mom. of William Blake? No, no, him. Wait. He was put in for being a gay. What? And then he, yeah, and he what was brought to upstate happen? New York, Rockland. That's where he wrote Howell. Or no, I, no his, his mom was in Rockland. That's but he got put away too, and he I mean, I trust that you know more about William Blake. Yeah, he 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 went to like conversion, and they zapped his brain. Really, I did not know that. I, I, I knew his I, ma was in the loony bin. I All right, look up Ginsburg, the um, most important Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. But yes, go. Um. Paris Hilton likes. Like she creates these characters, or she's very alienated from a self that's stable, and that is apparent throughout. And that seems to be something she traces back to her um, days in solitary confinement and the trauma she suffered there. Well, and then I just kept thinking, like. Is there no alternative, uh, Paris? Like, can you not, you know, uh, there was an interesting moment where her old classmates from this school, she, like, meets them now, and there's sort of, like, a support group of people who went through these kind of schools. And uh, they, like, describe her as being smart, Oh, they always knew what she did on TV was an act. But the one girl specifically says that Paris explained an economic theory really well. Yeah, <laughs> and that I seemed just really wanted, hammy. Yeah, and I was just like, what? <laughs> I wanted to know more about uh, exactly okay, the quality will... of education that was being had at this place and et cetera. I, but, um, I will... Oh, sorry. I also... It made me think of uh, how for these children of privilege, there isn't really a a place for them to radicalize. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Johnson and Johnson heir. He made those films. Um, 
that were like exposing this inner world. Like you cannot find those films now. They are oh, like, <laughs> yeah. I they are. He he. Yeah, they like essentially he's nowhere to be seen. They like reprimanded him or drew him back or whatever, whatever they do. Um, so I just think how how so much of Paris's atmosphere and things that contributed to her development uh, like can be explained by leftist feminist theory. And I just just want to give her this framework. I just want to give it to her because Do you think that she could be comrade Paris? I mean, I think that's how we get some people is it would make her happy to have an answer to for it to make sense in a in a satisfying way. I think if she could look at, uh, of course, we'd have she'd send her herself as as they do. Um, but I do think there is because of the emotional dimension, um, you know, and how she she is so unhappy and so disconnected from like she uh, what struck me is somebody who's always had more who's always had their needs met um plus uh can't be made happy by that you know whereas me i'm like shit give me fucking some food and you know other things (laughs) and i'm like i'm very pleased i'm very happy (laughs) (laughs) just just having my needs met i'm like oh this is great but she can't experience that you know uh and instead she's like otherized this intangible unhappiness into this ambitious like amorphous pursuit of making a billion dollars when she doesn't seem like the most useless human being and her efforts could actually be used for something productive. Instead, her life is about this hollow pursuit. See, but this is where the, the, the liberal communist would kick in mm-hmm. and say that the best way to help others is to just redistribute wealth, you know, by giving to charity. But she already does and that. I, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, that they would just say you need to do more of that. Well, yeah, because Whereas I think she needs to feel she needs to feel the excitement of doing something disruptive but helpful with her resources. I think well, a lot of wealthy people. We take the premise of concentration camps for rich people and say, do more of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, 100%. That is what we need to do. (sighs) Allen Ginsberg was a resident of Columbia Presbyterian Psychiatric Institute where he met Carl Solomon. For being met Carl Solomon, whom he dedicated Howell. Hmm. Okay. So that was the best mind of his generation? Yep. Okay. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Ginsburg. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Ginsburg, comma, Allen. 
Do we have to talk about it now? I mean, we probably should discuss Kill Your Darlings starring Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, (laughs) Well, anyway, folks, highly recommend this Paris documentary. Uh, uh, It's very watchable, but it's also interesting. Um. I uh, I don't think she comes out looking good. I think I think you feel uh, for me. I don't know. It was. Um, I have mixed feelings. I don't uh, think cause... it's. I think she doesn't come off how she would like to. But to me, it made me feel uh, very, like I said, affectionate towards her. <laughs> it was interesting because it seemed like an episode of The Simple Life, and at the same time, there was a disavowal of The Simple Life. Yeah, there. Uh, there was also um, an interesting discussion of, you know, and I've always thought it was gross um, that uh, that the, the sex, sex tape, tape. Um, yeah. and uh, so they talk about, you know, um, she's a teenager in that tape, and like, yeah, and you know, just how everyone was cruel to her, and no, et cetera. No, 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 no. Um, it was interesting because I've always thought uh, it it was very gross. Um, and uh, she kind of blames doing this, the, the, having the relationship with the guy that the sex tape happened with, whatever, Rick Solomon, fucking whatever his name is. He's a dipshit um, and a predator <laughs> and gross. Uh, she ties it to this experience at the school. But I wish she had a broader view of how, you know, she has this sort of rich white woman's idea of feminism. Like, she knows it's harder for her to get taken seriously as a DJ. (laughs) One of the more esteemed professions. And, and like, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like... (laughs) What she, you know, what she experienced um, with that sex tape and et cetera and so forth was like just fucking, just a seething misogyny, you know. Uh, And Uh, I mean, I will just say it's many a male heir of a billion dollar family has also tried to be a DJ and they also are generally not taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's really just trying to be a DJ. (laughs) (laughs) She really loves DJing. So, like, I say we just let her have it. (laughs) Um, That was another conclusion I came to. Guys, just let her have some, just let her have some DJ spots. What did you think of the scene where she breaks off with her boyfriend? Oh, my God. I just, what a fucking... Gross shithead he was. (laughs) Um, uh, Marlo, essentially, he uh, she's playing a big festival in fucking Germany or Belgium, Belgium, and uh, she's dating this guy, and she brings him along, and he's being all like, "Oh, you don't pay attention to me." In a German accent. <laughs> and, like, just being a fucking... Well, he was belligerent and Yeah, drunk. he was also... Yes. But, um... So cool. Yeah, so very cool. 
but Sounds I was just like, cool. I had to like remind myself multiple times that uh, a Miss Parasultan is in fact my elder. She is older than me. <laughs> it just, um, I felt bad for her that she was dating this guy. You know, she get, she yeah. she gets she finally has it, and she she kicks him out. She gets his bracelet cut off. Um, which, which is the worst thing that you the can worst thing do you to a can po- that's what she describes it as the worst thing you could possibly do to a person. <laughs> so all of these moments made me go, oh, Paris, <laughs> Paris, I will save you from the guillotines when the time comes and put you in my private, uh, college reeducation, my camp private reeducation that won't trigger, camp that won't trigger you full of all my favorite celebs. <laughs> I will get my own collection of rich people that I personally get to save. Speaking of which, Kim Kim had one of the best quotes um, in the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, where she said the best advice that Paris ever gave to her was just having her watch her do her thing or something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's like that that's not advice for one. I think you're using advice wrong. Well, and it's also like it, it's it's funny because uh, uh Kim is exceedingly diplomatic especially about Paris specifically uh, and I don't know if you guys are privy to this kind of stuff but Paris sort of famously uh, described Kim Kardashian as uh, her, as uh, looking like well yes and uh, as <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not even ass, sure that Armenians are really white <laughs> yeah definitely she said uh also, that her ass looked like cottage cheese in a glad trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit's awesome. That's so, I did. I did I mean, pick up shade. So that's I, the. And now uh, Paris is very. Um, and you can. I, I think I know what moment you're going to talk about because uh, when they're talking about the sex tape, yep. Paris is sort of disparagingly. <laughs> says like oh like it become it became like like i didn't want that to happen but it like it became this thing that like you know uh people used to get famous or like blah 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 whatever um yeah no without and, me there would be no kim kardashian yeah well and kim <laughs> kim says as much uh Where, in, fair in enough film. no because that is literally but true i think it's unfortunate that kim uh was very much also a victim of uh, essentially revenge porn. Uh, yeah. Anyone who is familiar with the program Love and Hip Hop has seen that a Mr. Ray J is a vindictive, fucking unstable person <laughs> and um, is very uh, not great to the women folk, uh, both on and off camera. And uh, so it's just sad because I could see Paris still like does this um like she's better than kim because like she didn't capitalize on the sex tape i mean Um, she clearly did but like yeah well i mean but paris like kim very much directly 
made a right, choice. Right, right, Kim said, right. uh, there's no way I can control this uh, from being out there. So you're going to fucking pay me part of this money that you're making. And right. which is yeah. the smart decision to do. If yeah, it's zero, if, if it's zero dollars. The Kardashians at the end of the day are not just this uh, inherited uh, self-valorizing capital. Uh, they were at a certain point, you know, uh, Papa Kardashian was a fucking lawyer and they had to actually use some level of skill to get to where they are. And uh, they think accordingly. Yes. Yeah. So it's. Uh, and plus, the Armenians have the basic Jew thing of like, oh shit, someone might genocide us at any time, so we got to be ready. <laughs> yes, I, I, I guess. Uh, Shana Tova. Uh- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Shana Tova, baby. This is, uh, yeah, thinking about Rosh Hashanah. Famous news mm. like Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I, the only Ginsberg we're going to talk about. I guess about. so. I kind of wanted to complain. Okay, yeah, complain. no, whatever. The Dems are going to eat shit. And, um, no, yeah, I just want, I really just wanted to complain. Like, I, I'm having a disproportionate reaction to it. Di- it actually didn't bother me that much before. Uh, the sort of like cutesy kitchifying uh, idolizing of uh, RBJ, uh, RBG, RBG, RBG. God damn it, RBG. <laughs> is, it, is it Ginsburg or is it Ginsburg? Um, <laughs> um, I. But right now, I like. I am so repulsed by Ruth Honda is forever, baby. I, that was a, yes. There's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of cringe out there, but I'm especially repulsed by people who like. <laughs> I just can't imagine being that personally, emotionally invested uh, in a public servant. Can you imagine what Ruth Ginsburg is saying to Chadwick Boseman as they're both in Christian heaven together? Um, look, I, probably you're a very nice, articulate man. That's right. I'm that's you're right. Very well spoken. I'm a, I'm a witch. She's just uh, returned to the astral plane and she's up there and she's like, what the fuck? Hitler's here, too. Oh. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets to go to the astral plane when you die. Hitler's up there yeah. fucking painting paintings. At the time of his ghost life. Damn, your religion The worst of it is he never even thinks about it, guys. Yeah. Like like a good chunk of America, according to that weird survey. Oh, they always do those fucking surveys. Yeah. And it's, they always like phrase it, they always, I don't know. It was a sample size of a thousand people from... And if you broke it down by people who thought the Holocaust happened, generally how the historic consensus thought it happened, it was something like 90 plus percent agreed that, like, yeah, obviously the Holocaust happened. It was like when you then got down to, like, exactly how many Jews died, some people weren't sure because... Yeah, whatever. Some people aren't good with numbers. 
don't know. How old is the earth? <laughs> but no you know, but you know who is good with numbers? <laughs> um, Alan Ginsberg. <laughs> it's Alan Ginsberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Seriously yeah. good at accounting people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't like uh, I, the Supreme Court's dumb. It's a dumb thing. Well, I mean, it really shouldn't be. It's a stupid dumb. It just thing. shouldn't be. It's not cute that these justices do it till they die or whatever. It's not. It's also. I don't. I don't understand. The Dems ate oh, shit oh, forty years ago when they initially lost the majority and ever since then they've just been deluding themselves by setting the bar increasingly lower to try and justify that. I found that I found it really fascinating that they're at least from where my timelines were clicking, uh, there was a push to like really emphasize this civil friendship that uh, uh, she had with Scalia and like blah 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 and I hate it I just I just I don't even respect it I <laughs> I think um, it's lame I think it's lame that we hold it in such high esteem that Oh, these people disagree, but they're nice to each other and they yeah. go to a barbecue no. together once in a while. It's so cute. Yeah, and, uh, no, they were best friends. And also, she thought that Kaepernick was uh, uppity. So, <laughs> what do you know? Maybe they weren't best friends in spite of agreement, disagreement. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, and I just, I also, I don't really care for uh, get the letter of the law uh i don't give a shit i don't give a shit about uh people who are super good at uh following it even when oh gee golly i wish i could save some people but uh gotta oh, it says this like i i don't i, I so often conservative like yeah she was deluded. absolutely a centrist who was yeah, big into liberal feminism, but she was one hundred percent a centrist. Yeah, there, there is no left on the Supreme Court, and there hasn't been. Um, I don't know. I I also like and, don't really. It's weird because I don't relate to the white women I'm seeing be like, "Oh my god, my abortions!" I'm just like. Access has already mm. been limited. For, yeah, and that's, like, that, like, that's the other thing that a lot of these people don't realize. Roe versus Wade has been overturned already. There's no saving Roe versus Wade. That's gone. We're on Planned Parenthood versus Casey and have been since 1992. It's literally the law at this point. The, the Democrats, the left or the liberal, the Democrat, whatever the fuck you want to talk about has has been eating shit on the Supreme Court since the 80s, coincidentally when Joe Biden was the fucking chair of the Judiciary Committee. They've been continuously eating fucking shit, and they've continuously had a 5-4 minority and a 6-3 minority 
still is a minority. And if they manage to hold 5-4, that's a minority. They've had a minority forever. The only victory comes from just setting the bar lower than fucking Hades. And there's absolutely no win in this scenario. It just... Oh, do you, do you think... Uh, I think Trump's going to nominate someone by tomorrow night. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be some fucking... Janine Perot. Yeah, yeah, or or someone job who wears a fucking FLDS dress or some I, shit like that. Ghislaine Maxwell. Why not? Fuck it. Let's let's get Judge Judy on the bench. Man, she's only got a couple years anyway. Let's give her a shot at it. Yeah, I will just say she looks bad. Judge Judy. She's like kind of like that weird picture of Simon Cowell level of where it's like, oh God, she looks like that now. Oh no. It will be funny. It will be funny when the the presidential election goes to the Supreme Court when they need to make a decision. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, um, I mean, does it, yeah, I've, I've heard this like, oh, the Republicans are going to uh, hold off until after the election, because that'll motivate their base, and if they lose, they'll just like get someone in anyway. But it, you know, honestly, I think. Do you think the Republican base gives a shit the same no, way? The Republic, yeah, the Republicans have been winning. They don't care, and they have a majority either way. No, Bunny, I I think they care a hundred percent more than the liberals. I, I, like they're the ones that care about justice. Uh, like the Supreme Court oh, justices. Yeah. Liberals have a very detached idea of what it well, means. Well, liberals treat it like a scorecard, uh, and I feel like it's far more of a motivating factor for them to get out, and I think if Trump... No, but for the whole... For my whole life, it's been... We need to pack the courts to like get abortion and and oh and and turn our country back it's just it's like the only thing that people voted for trump the last time around yeah people are it was a big motivation obsessed with abortion it is uh and we don't i mean like people are truly oh no i'm getting growled at by a dog oh baby (laughs) Is it Diamond Paris, <laughs> no. Paris Hilton's? It no, it's Miss Tony, the diva. Um, mm. No, oh, people are fucking obsessed with abortion. Uh, but I think the same thing that liberals like insipidly try to use, like, what about you? You're not voting for Biden. You're voting for RBJ's replacement, like. Like yeah, this, I mean, this sense of, seemingly, you said RBJ again. Seemingly, they won't be voting for that because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that ship's going to sail. Yeah, no, I mean, all these people that are hand wringing about precedents and bullshit. These are oh, just things people make up. So they made funny. up the last like, time. I just think it's so funny. Like, 
Of course, the literal people who last time were like, oh, never in an election year do we nominate a Supreme Court justice. Those same exact people are like, we better get done now, ASAP. And I'm like, I love that people are like, oh, what? It's like, um, it's like it's professional wrestling, but like I, these motherfuckers think it's real. I had somebody tell me that they can't do it in an election year. I'm like, that's a lie. They absolutely can. It's easy. You just got to do it. Yeah. Scheduling. You got to open the schedules. Oh, man. (sighs) Oh, man. If only, if only people knew smarter ways to get your rice in places. I mean, really. Anyway. Well, that was fun. Um, I have I have a last thing. Okay. I have a last yes. thing I want to do. It's Kaddish for uh, Naomi Ginsburg. Oh uh, yeah, no. We should have actually I, done that I, before we talked about Ruth Bader. But um, anyway, yeah, sure. I got two hours. Go ahead. <laughs> I I we do worse. We are in a fix, and you're out. Death let you out. Death had the mercy. You're done with your century, done with God, done with the past path through it, done with yourself at last, pure, back to the babe, dark before your your father, before us all, before the world. There, rest, no more suffering for you. I know where you've gone. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, and when I say two hours, it literally is a two-hour long poem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So outro out on two hours. R.I.P. R.B.G. <laughs> Cottage for Ruth Bader Ginsburg by Allen Ginsburg. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, rest in peace. I uh, love your <laughs> poems. Um, that music video you did with Bob Dylan was tight. And uh, yeah, watch uh, watch and kill your darlings. Watch November. Yeah. Rain. Watch literally anything but on the basis of sex. If there's one thing you should gather from tonight, it's that there are several movies and music videos that you should watch instead of on the basis of sex. Chief among them, the November Rain music video, and also Kill Your Darlings, Allen Ginsberg. Uh, I'd say biopic, but like it's only about a specific year in his life. But very good. Daniel Radcliffe, excellent movie. Yeah. A- excellent movie. All right, guys. All right. Bye. 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 In the disco tag, we got this place to the neck. Maybe I just want your sex.
the disco tag We got this place to the neck Maybe I just want your Maybe I just want your cell. 